0: On today's Dinging Corners, we look at a couple of Cy Young Award winners and try to find the next breakout potential Cy Young Award winner next year. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Dinging Corners. Hey everyone, before we get into the podcast today, I wanted to remind everyone that Slab Stocks does do breaks and I, your host, do breaks on Thursday nights starting at 5, maybe not running till 10 again, but running from 5 until whenever we quit. And uh, if you are interested in getting into breaks or interested in supporting Slab Stocks, I would ask you to go to slabstocks.com shop and at least give us a chance. Look what we got there and see maybe if you want to get in on the action that week, or the next week, or whenever. So, slabstocks.com shop. I do my breaks on Thursdays, and uh, it's usually a pretty good time. So, if you're interested in that, join now, slabstocks.com shop. All right, guys, on to the rest of the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Danging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slabstocks. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm sure... I'm sure you have heard this. If you've been in the card game, especially the baseball card game for long enough, you have definitely heard this. And it goes like this. I don't invest in pitchers. They can't make any money. They're too injury prone. Something like that. Number of things, whatever way you want to put it. So many people say, I do not invest in pitchers. No matter what, I will not invest in pitchers. And um, I'm here to tell you that that is A, short-sighted, and B, you can make money on pitchers. You know how I know you can make money on pitchers? Because I myself have made plenty of money on pitchers. So if anybody tells you that unequivocally you cannot by any means make money on pitchers and you should never spend your money on pitchers, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. They either have tried to invest in pitchers before and gotten burned they don't know how to uh prospect pitchers and so they don't know what they're looking for or they've just heard it and they never challenged it and so they kept going with it you know you all, you hear things like the uh, old saying everyone eats like three spiders in a year in their sleep or something or three spiders in their lifetime how would anybody know that That's an impossible thing to know. Nobody's tracking one person while they're sleeping to see how many spiders they eat throughout their entire life and then extrapolating that out for the entire population. That's impossible. Nobody knows that. And the likewise is, you know, but people run with that. And so likewise, people hear, you shouldn't invest in pitchers and without doing any research or trying to invest in pitchers on their own, they don't invest and they just run with that saying. So I am here today to tell you that don't be short-sighted. Go in with an open mind to this video. Go in with an open mind to pitching, and you'll be surprised that you can find some really, really good pitchers on really cheap deals, and make some pretty good money. Um, especially if you're a low budget. Like pitchers are great for low budget guys. Uh, a lot of hitters are super expensive, and and even crappy hitters are expensive. You can get really good pitchers for really cheap. So, with that in mind, I wanted to bring up a couple things. I have a top five list of pitchers on here that I think are going to break out next year. There's a number of guys that did not make my list, but I wanted to shout them out. Zach Allen for Arizona. Shout out Zach Allen. I thought about bringing him up. Um, He has got good K rates. His walk rate's a little bit high. His home run rate's even a little bit higher. You know, it's the type of guy that lowers his walk rate a little bit, lowers his home run rate just a smidge. Could have a really good year next year. Um, Alex Manoa. Toronto Blue Jays, great strikeout rate this year. Walk rate was a little bit higher than the minors, but he never—he only really had 17, 35 innings in the minors, so you can't really equate that to anything. Um, But he had a really good year, 3.22 ERA. The problem was he ran a 2.46 betting average balls in play, so he probably got a little bit lucky on that ERA, uh, if, if that batting average balls in play goes up to a more normal, like a lot of these guys around like the 290 mark, um, his ERA would have probably gone up. So for that reason, he did not get included. Um, especially cause he already had good numbers. So if that goes back and he, he goes backwards, you know, you don't want that. Um, Tyler Molly from the Reds shout out to the Reds. Uh, I really like him. He had 10 and a half strikeouts per nine. Um, 3.20 walks per nine, which was actually lower than the previous year. And uh, he had a baby at 297. So, you know, it's pretty much expected a 375 ERA type of guy that I could see if he figures out his walks and stuff, you know, he can figure it out. But he was 26 last year, entering his age 27 season for the Reds. It's not going to do it for a lot of people. I like the Reds. They're in the division. They're one of those teams where since they're not the Cardinals and the Cubs, I like them. But uh, for me... I can't put him on this list. And then you have Trevor Rogers, who uh, obviously was amazing last year, 2.64 ERA, um, 2.55 fielding independent pitching. The issue with him and and his home runs per nine was 0.41, which is amazing. The issue with Rogers is that he was already so much better than the year before, like a 6.11 ERA. Um, with a 4.33 fielding independent pitching as opposed to a 2.64 with a 2.55, he cut down on his home runs drastically. He cut down on his walks drastically. So because of that, <clears throat> I mean, you could see him keep going in the same direction. But because he already had that breakout year per se, I didn't put him on this list. But he's easily a guy that if he takes another step forward is an ace. And then lastly, I put Aaron I was thinking about putting Aaron Nola on this list. I did not include him. Um obviously Aaron Nola has been a star in the past and he had a 4.63 ERA, so people are probably looking at him like, "Oh. I mean, he was bad. But in fact, he had a 3.39 expected ERA, a 3.37 uh FIP and a 3.37 expected FIP or fielding independent pitching, he struck out 11 guys per nine innings and only had 1.94 walks per nine. Um, home runs were a little higher than his career average at 1.3 home runs per nine innings. So the thing is his baby was a little high. His home runs were a little high, which is weird because you'd expect a low baby if home runs were high, considering home runs don't car- count as a ball in play. So no batting average ball in play for a home run. um, But all of that led up to a 66.8% left on base or stranded on base percentage, which is a career low by a long shot. His career percentage was 74%. He was at 66.8%. And so if you get back to his career norms, you're obviously going to see a guy that has like a 3-2 ERA. But Aaron Nola is kind of already Aaron Nola, so you could probably buy into him pretty cheap because he had a down year and expect a very good year from him next year if he stays the same. I don't expect that left on base streak to continue. Um, his ground ball percentage was really low, so that might have to do with it. And then lastly, oh, no, and, uh, Aaron Nola was last. So those are our guys, right, that we did not leave, that we did not put on here. So let's get into the slideshow and let's show you the five guys after we do a brief talk about the Cy Youngs from this year. All right, so we've got this labeled future Cy Youngs. And we've got Robbie Wet Robbie Way. Robbie Way who run run who won the American League Cy Young. And Corbin Burns, who won the National League Cy Young. Shout out Corbin Burns. He is a brewer. He's the first brewer to win the Cy Young in 39 years. And the first brewer in my lifetime to win the Cy Young. I never actually thought it would happen. So Robbie Ray, he's a tiger here. He got traded to Arizona. Then he got traded from Arizona to Toronto. And this last year, Robbie Ray, 193 innings, 11.54 K per nine, 2.47 walks per nine, 1.54 home run per nine, which is actually decently high. but He managed to only run a 2.68 Bay which is really good. And he stranded 90% of the runners he let on base. So if you're looking at this and you're saying, oh, 2.84 ERA, 3.69 FIP, you know, he really outproduced. His strikeouts were good and his walks were really low, but his home runs were high. His Bay was low. If that raises along with the fact that his left on base percentage is going to drop, that's just way too high. You're looking at a guy who is probably not going to be a Cy Young winner next year because just that just that left on base percentage, 90.1%. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. You are going to have less luck in the future. And because of that, um, this was like the best outcome he could get. And now we're going to see a regression step. And so keep that in mind. While well, we look at Corbin Burns and Corbin Burns this year, and sorry for the wonky numbers, I expanded it so it'd be a little bit better to be seen. He had 167 innings, a twelve point six one K per nine, but a one point eight three walk per nine, a .38 home runs per nine, which is the best in baseball. He's third best in strikeouts per nine, the best in strike or the best in strikeouts per nine, third best in walks per nine, and the best in home runs per nine. So he was really good. A 309 Bay Bip. That's perfectly like normal. There's nothing to see there. A 75.7% left on base percentage. That's perfectly normal. 48% ground ball percentage. That's perfectly normal. Um, The 6.1% home run to fly ball. That's rare. But he did do 167 innings this year and 59.2 innings last year of not giving up home runs. So at this point, I'm willing to bet it is just a trait of his that he's just super good at limiting home runs. And you'll see it there. 2.43 ERA but expected ERA was 2.01, so he got unlucky. A lot of these guys get lucky with their lower ERAs than their expected ERAs. He got unlucky despite leading the National League in ERA, and he had a 1.63 fielding independent pitching, which in the modern era is the second best all-time behind Pedro Martinez's 1999 season, one of the best seasons ever pitched. And so Corbin Burns, any way you push it, was both the best... Pitcher in baseball, probably one of the unluckiest pitchers in baseball. And the best Brewers pitcher probably ever. Um, a lot of people are upset. They think Zach Wheeler should have won it. Zach Wheeler did throw 46 more innings. Um, he didn't do very well in those innings, you know. So it's 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 almost like the fact that he threw 46 more innings cost him. If he had thrown 46 less innings than Corbin Burns and threw the exact same amount, I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Wheeler won it. But the fact that Zach Wheeler threw 46 more innings kind of cost him here because he wasn't actually that good in those 46 innings that third and fourth time through the order, which costs you, which costs you. So one thing to keep in mind when we're looking at these next guys, the most important thing when we're looking for guys in the future that could break out like these two, strikeouts per nine. You'll notice here that since 2016, he's running above in 11 strikeouts per nine every single year that's huge. Same with Corbin Burns. 12.86 even though he had a terrible year, 13.27, 12.61. Huge. Um another thing, well that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing. That's by far the biggest thing. Another thing we're going to look for is walk rates that can that are kind of high but they have good strikeout rates and hope they can drop them. You'll notice uh Robbie Ray had his best year with also his best walk rate. He didn't have to have his best strikeout rate. It was still really good. It wasn't his best, but he had his best walk rate, and that in line turned into one of his better ERAs. You you walk less, fewer, you walk fewer batters, you throw less pitches, good things will happen. And then you're looking at Corbin Burns, and even though he had a 12.686 K K rate here, but an 8.82 ERA, he had a high ish walk rate and a very high home rate home run rate. He limited those drastically and drastically improved his ERA and his ERA indicators. So keep that in mind as we're looking at these guys. They're important. And then also keep in mind that not everyone's going to be like this. Like Robbie Way had a 6.62 ERA last year, and then he wins the Cy Young. Corbin Burns had an 8.82 ERA two years ago and then won a Cy Young. A lot of this has to do with the player, and we're never going to know what the player is doing to improve. We can only look at stats unless you personally know him. You can only look at stats and say, OK, like Corbin Burns, he adjusted his entire pitch repertoire. You would never have known that from 2019 to 2020. You just wouldn't have. And so if you're sitting there and you're like, OK, I think that Corbin is going to scrap both of his fastballs and throw start throwing two different fastballs, you would never have known that. And so a lot of times this is a crapshoot and you're just not going to know, but Going off of stats, we will try to figure out who we want to believe in. And then if they can add a little wrinkle to their repertoire and keep everything else the same, they explode. So the top five, number five, and there was a lot of guys. We went through them before. Uh, Number five for me is Tarek Screwball. So Tarek, you can see his minor league numbers there. He did not give up a lot of home runs in the minors. He also didn't walk a lot of guys in the minors, and he struck out a lot of guys. You'll notice his strikeouts were going down, but 9.88 is still respectable. As long as you're over a strikeout per nine innings, I considered you for this exercise. And 2.83 walks per nine is really good. Now, the problem where we get into here is that he had a 2.11 home run per nine. He also had like 8.2 hits per nine, which is a little bit alarming. But the most alarming thing is home runs per nine. And he played in a park that is really hard to hit home runs in in Comerica. And so you got to imagine he had tough luck with home runs two years in a row. But you got to imagine as he gets older, as he gets more experience, he's only 24 last year, 23 and never pitched in Triple A, that he is going to figure out this home run issue. And if he can get that down into like a one four area, one five area or lower um, while keeping his strikeouts the same or even boosting him a little bit because he has the ability to and keeping his walks the same you're going to see a guy, and even if those home runs just turn into long doubles, better than a home run, you're going to see a guy who, even though his ERA is high and his fielding independent pitching is high, that's because all the home runs he gave up. If he can limit those, all of a sudden, he is going to turn into a good pitcher. His strikeout rates and his walk rates are right there. I believe in it. His his ground ball rate's a little bit low. Concerning, yes. But, and and. And I get it, home run rate, a fly ball guy, going to give up home runs sometimes, you know, um, if he's not a ground ball guy. But I think if he gets that ground ball rate back up into the closer to the his career averages, I guess, you know, 38.5% is fine. I guess if he stays there and limits the home runs, we'll be okay. And so for me, target screwball, cheap, worth a risk. He's got the strikeouts and the walks figured out. If he can just figure out how to limit hard contact, limit those home runs, could be massive, massive, massive for the uh, the Tigers. And I misspoke. He had a 4.34 ERA last year and a 5.08 FIP, not the 5.63. That was the year before. So Tar Screwball, strike out some walks right there. Limit home runs. He'll be good. He'll be really good. Um, will he be Cy Young-worthy? I don't know about that, but you don't need a guy to be so young worthy to make money on him. You just need him to be really cheap to start and then have a good start to the year. Number two on the list or number four on the list is Eduardo Rodriguez. And uh, you'll notice that he is also a Tiger. And he pitched in Boston last uh, 2015 to 2021. Um, obviously did not pitch in 2020. And you'll notice something interesting. So he rose his strikeout rate. He lowered his walk rate. His home run rate stayed the same, but his Bay Bip went off the charts at 3.63, astronomically high. His left on base, astronomically low at 68.9%. And so for me, I'm looking at that, I'm like, all right, some tough luck here. If he lowers that Bay Bip, the left on base percentage should rise. And therefore, you're looking at a guy with a 4.74 ERA, but a 3.55 expected ERA and a 3.32 Uh, fielding independent pitching so for me Eduardo Rodriguez if he has just a little bit more luck on his side you're going to notice a dude that goes from a 4.74 into that 3.5 range now the thing that gets interesting is this and these are park factors for the Red Sox and the Tigers Park the Red Sox Park was the fourth easiest park to hit in this year the Tigers was the 23rd you'll also notice that by hits um 100 is league average, and then seven is like 107 is like 1.07 times as if I understand it correctly, Um, the amount of hits than they get away, and so like they give up a ton of hits, more singles than average, more hits than average, more doubles than average, especially at the Green Monster, and more triples than average, but less home runs than average. But you'll notice that the Tigers. Less runs per game than on average than the Red Sox and than league average, uh, lower on base percentage, less hits, and way less home runs. And so, the uh, if you're looking at Eduardo Rodriguez, you're like, all right, I think he could improve his home runs a little bit. I think he could improve his hits a little bit, and um, his BABIP should probably go down a little bit with some of these park factors uh, with the Tigers behind him probably a little bit better defense potentially. And so for me, you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, okay. You're going to a much harder uh, park to to hit in as a pitcher. And you had tough luck on your side last year. You combine both those things. And I wouldn't be shocked if we look up and Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the best pitchers in the American League next year. I would not be shocked. And he's really cheap. Number three on the list is Pablo Lopez. Now there's not much to nitpick about Pablo Lopez. He had a 10, 102 innings last year, a 10.08 K per nine, 2.28 walk per nine. He rose his K rate. He lowered his strike or walk rate walk rate. Uh 0.96 home runs per nine, which is really good. Under one, I'll take that. A 301 Bay BIP, which is round league average. Um, 79.7% left on base. Uh maybe a little bit high for him but not like drastically high. And he had a 3.07 ERA with a 3.29 fielding independent pitching. Now for me, Pablo Lopez doesn't really have anything to work on. He just has to continue, right? He just has to grow. Um, and, and he's 25. He was really good last year. And he's the type of guy that there's nothing to complain about. There's really nothing to complain about for two straight years uh, you just want to see all of these things take a, another step forward a little bit. You know, instead of 10.8 strikeouts per nine, maybe he gets to 10.3. Instead of 2.28 walks per nine, maybe he gets to 2.1. Instead of 0.96 home runs per nine, maybe he gets to 0.7, 0.75, you know, and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, he takes a little step forward in all of these things. And you're looking at a guy who probably has like a 2.9 ERA in 100, maybe throws 150, 160 innings next year, um, if they're being careful with him, because he only threw 102 this year. And you have a guy that is all of a sudden really low ERA, which people love, and then, you know, getting strikeouts, limiting walks in the Cy Young candidate category. And all he has to do is just keep just inching forward like these guys do. They just inch inch forward, inch forward, inch forward, He's right there. He's right on the cusp of being an ace. And so Pablo Lopez right there. And if he gets traded out of Miami into a big team, which they might do, they might do, uh, you would even get that bump in price there from going from Miami to whoever gets traded to uh, because people always love buying guys after trade. So Pablo Lopez, number three on the list. Number two on the list is Lance McCullers. And um, for me... You know, Lance has been a hot name for a while now. He had a really good year, uh, his first two seasons. And then, you know, he's kind of been, eh, uh, meh, okay. He's been okay. But then this year, he rose his strikeout rate. In a career-high innings, he rose his strikeout rate to 10.26. And he had good numbers despite the fact that he had a super high walk rate of 4.21. And so for me, for me, and he kept his home run rate around the same, for me, raising the strikeout rate might mean he was challenging more and if he's challenging more um he's also probably missing the zone a little bit more causing more walks but going for more strikeouts but if he can figure it out and lower that strike keep that strikeout rate the same while lowering that walk rate golden going to be going to be the ace of the Astros and there's not much more you have to say about that i know people hate the Astros but if you are the ace of one of the best teams in baseball People are going to buy you. And so Lance McCullers is like right there also. Uh, Just add more innings. Stay healthy. The big thing for him. Uh, Add more innings. Keep that strikeout rate up. And just lower that walk rate a little bit. Even to like the 3.5 or the 3.27 instead of the 4.21. And uh, he'll be really good. Um, And the other thing about him is he's like third in the league in ground ball rate. Which if you're getting strikeouts and you're getting ground balls, tough to give up home runs. So he should always have a low home run rate. And then just lower that walk rate a little bit and we'll be golden there. So Lance McCullers is number two. And number one is Dylan Cease. I love me some White Sox. I don't know why. Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, and now Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is my guy. Full disclosure, I have a couple Dylan Ceases on uh, checkoutmycards.com. I bought him a while ago because I've been on this Dylan Cease like I like him. And um, he's my number one guy. And he's been for a while for breakout candidate next year. 165 innings this year, 12.28 strikeouts per nine. That is like second or third uh, third in baseball, I think. Um, maybe it was second. I can't remember. So he rose his strikeout rate drastically. He lowered his walk rate drastically, 3.69. He lowered his home run rate drastically, 1.09. Um, but had a fine Bay at 3.09. And so for me... You know, a 3.91, but an expected 3.6 ERA and a 3.4 ERA. Anytime you have a strikeout rate that high, this dude figures out one thing. He just figures out how to lower his walk rate by one walk per nine innings. Um increases ground ball rate a little bit more to get more double plays, anything like that. And you're looking at an absolute stud with that strikeout rate. And so I'm always willing to bet on strikeout rates, especially something that high. And for a guy who actually had pretty good numbers, this wasn't like a 12.28 strikeout and he walked six guys and he has a five and a half ERA. You wouldn't bet on that guy, but Dylan Cease moving in the right direction all these ways, if he can just get that walk rate just a little bit more down, one less runner per game, right? One less free runner and maybe a little bit higher ground ball rate so that um, people aren't hitting the ball in the air on him, hitting the ball hard. Huge, 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 huge. I'm super excited for Dylan Cease next year. He's super cheap. His top scroll autos are like under 10 bucks. Under 10 bucks. you spend more than $10 at like Culver's. You can buy a Dylan Cease auto, watch him dominate next, next year, and sell him for 25 all day long. So, uh, for me, Dylan Cease is my number one guy. That is the end of the line for our top five. Now, remember, a lot of this is just how I feel about these guys and how I feel about the stats. Some of these stats you may look at and say, Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. I don't believe that he's going to figure out the command to lower his walk rate. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. And that's fair. Uh, there And there's also a lot of guys I didn't put in here that you're going to be like, well, what about Frankie Montas or Sean Manea? Um, you know, what about Luis Castillo or whoever you want to talk about? There's a lot of guys in here that could break out. Um, but for me, that was my top five guys that I expect to break out. Uh, not all of them will. Maybe none of them will. But I'd be willing to bet at least one of them does. And there is money to be made there because they're so cheap. If you can get, and I'm not talking base rookies. I'm not talking base rookies. Don't pick up base rookies. I would focus on autos. If you can get tops chrome autos of these guys or Bowman chrome autos of these guys, that's what I would do. And not just these guys. you know, you go for your own guys. And um, you can make really, really, really good money on it. And if you were to look back two years ago, you would never have said, Robbie Ray going to be a AL Cy Young Award winner in two years. You would never have said Corbin Burns is going to be a Cy Young Award winner in the NL in two years. Even after Corbin Burns' great year last year, you could have bought Corbin Burns' cards cheap. Now they're pretty expensive, and you would have been able to make money. And there's a lot of guys like that here that you can make money on relatively easily. You put in 10 bucks, you wait for them to dominate, which they will because they're good pitchers. And they might not dominate for a full season. You just have to be ready to sell. They have a good first, second, third week three straight starts, boom, 20 bucks. They have a record, Pablo Lopez, uh briefly went he went 9 straight strikeouts this past year. I had a Pablo Lopez tops chrome card. I put it up that night and I sold it. And I got like 15 bucks for it unexpectedly. When I pulled it, it was like a dollar card. And so you can make big money on pitchers. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. And use Corbin Burns and Robbie Ray as an example. Nobody would have expected it. Here they are, dominating, absolutely dominant. Uh Robbie Way- Ray a little bit lucky. Corbin Burns truly truly dominant. And you could make money on them. And people did make money on them. And I know it's it's a, it's somewhat of a guessing game. You're going to you're going to have a number of guys and you're going you're gonna to have to choose. You're not going to be able to buy them all. I wouldn't ever suggest buying all. Of them. I would never suggest buying all five of those guys. But one or two of these guys is going to break out. And if you take a couple of small gambles on them, I'm sure, I'm sure one will hit. So remember that money to be made. Pitchers, that's all you need to know. Thank you guys for listening to and Corners today, and I will talk to you guys again next time.